Welcome everyone to episode 55 Rogue Bogues Basketball Series. Here to answer a few questions before we get rolling with our podcast. So thanks for joining us. And we will go with Jake, first cab off the rank. Fire away. Bogues, what's up, man? You're the best. Love you. Just um, curious actually to hear your thoughts. Uh, obviously, seems like James Wiseman, hopefully, maybe he's going to be back soon for the dubs. Um, I guess twofold, really, just in terms of him being, you know, relatively inexperienced in his NBA career, what you think he might be able to give in the next couple months. And then obviously with your experience coming back from injury as well, uh, what that adjustment's going to be like for him. Thanks. No worries. Thanks for your question, Jake. Um, yeah, there are reports that he's, he went down to the G League for a couple of days. Um, they've caught him back up pro. So I don't know if you've seen all that, but look, they need the size, um, the beauty of, him coming back from an injury, I don't think he needs to be uh, pressured into playing big minutes. I don't even think he'd play big minutes, even if he was healthy, like meaning 30 plus. I think in this system, he's probably a 20, 25 minute guy. So I think that all works out well for him to kind of ease back in. Not a lot of pressure on him, but they, they definitely need some size. I mean, Pro and I spoke about perhaps the Warriors, you know, getting someone in the buyout market, DeAndre Jordan, someone like that, if, if they were available just to shore up their bench a little bit um, with the Wiseman injury. But now that we know he's coming back, I think he'll he'll definitely have a role to play, especially if they they face Jokic in the playoffs or someone like that. Um, we'll have to go in there and bang, bang around a little bit. But um, I think coming back, they'll ease him in. And I don't think he'll be more than 25 minutes when fully healthy anyway, Pro. I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, I agree with you both. Like, I think that there's no pressure on him. He hasn't played all year. Um, and they're not going to push him back. He wouldn't play big minutes, so they could just sort of ease him into it. I think if you can get him, you know, semi-healthy, ready to go, you know, come late March, you know, early April tops, and then, like, he's roaring to go and give him some, uh, you know, some meaningful rotations in in the playoffs, I think that would help him. But, yeah, there's no pressure at all on him, so I think it's in a good – I think he's in a good situation. Yeah, and don't forget they got Draymond Green, who's not playing at the moment neither. So I don't know how long he'll be out. I've read some some reports about him trying to ramp up his conditioning and get kind of fully fit. So maybe early on he will find more of a role. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But let, let's be honest, the Warriors are going to go with Draymond at the five in important minutes and, and crunch minutes for the most part. Um, but I still think, yeah, I still think Wiseman has a pretty important role for 20 to 25 minutes a night. So we'll uh, we'll see how that all works out. And, you know, the Warriors are rolling um, anyway. So considering the injuries that they've got, I, I didn't think they'd do as well as they are with that, with Draymond out of the lineup, bro. I, I really didn't. I thought they'd be, you know, 500, 600, somewhere around there and just, just kind of treading water till Draymond came back because he does so many things for them, mainly on the defensive end, but even, even offensively, um, just an intangibles guy. You know, deflections, um, you know, a guy that can have eight, eight, eight in a night and really kind of overtake a game without having huge scoring numbers. But they've done really, really well considering, you know, Draymond being out. All right, we'll go to the next one. Chris, fire away. G'day, guys. Um, my question this week is just in regards to how, I suppose, watching you when you played Andrew, I mean, when it came time to media and press conferences, I mean, you're always very open and honest, which I really admire. But I think one thing is that you just seem to, you know, you seem to give the media people respect as well. So, you know, when you see a lot of players, when they get asked questions, you know, they don't even look them in the eye. They just, their heads droop down. Like it's almost, I mean, is media that much of a hassle? Um, And I suppose, I don't know if you sort of know what I mean by that, but yeah, like I said, you sort of, 
you watch them when they sort of answer questions. They don't even look at the media person in the eye. They just sort of drip their heads down and give them very, you know, sort of one-word answers sometimes. Um, I suppose how, how does – was the media much of a hassle for you? Yeah, thanks for that one. Um, look, for me, they weren't a hassle. Um, I guess – you know, there's 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 a mix of people. Like there's some players that absolutely hate it, um, and that comes from a point of they're not comfortable speaking or having long conversations, or they don't want to be, you know, other other teammates that maybe said something silly or um, weren't as educated on something, and then the media goes after them and they shut down after that. They refuse, they they lose respect for all media, or they just hate all media after that because they're just not confident. I've got some that just hate doing it because they don't think it should be a part of the game, and then there's some that love doing it. So there's there's all different kind of aspects of it. For me, it was like I, I, I liked reporters that would ask um, kind of unique questions that were not the everyday same shit. So that's why I got along with uh, Ethan Sherwood Strauss and we're still friends to this day because he, he'd come in with just some random shit that he'd obviously gone and researched and spent time and, and thought about that no one would even think about asking, right? Like, and I really respected that. But look, they, they have a job to do. Um, the media promotion has helped the league. It, it's helped our salaries. It's helped everything. So it, it's kind of a... You know, you got to go with the flow with that and understand it. But on the flip side, there are some journalists that number one are, are trying to clickbait you and, and trying to get a uh, um, a clickbait headline out of you know something that you've answered that took you ten minutes to answer, and they grab one sentence and then put it in a headline, and it can it can make you look like an idiot or it can make you look like you said something bad about a teammate or a coach. I don't respect those journalists. And then the other one is. Um, just there is a lot of journalists uh, out there that that just ask you know so tell us how you felt in that game um, that's their go-to question or, or so uh, tell us what you saw out there and it's you can tell they really have no idea about about the game and that probably not their fault because they're in they're in a job probably someone's pushed them in that in that job to just hey go get some quotes from Steph or Clay and, and or whoever it is and um, that's where it's a little frustrating. So to answer your question, I, I, I get it to, to an extent. I still feel like you should look everyone in the eyes, um, take their question in and give an honest answer. But I, I definitely understand the cases of, of guys that kind of are disappointed about being handled badly or mistreated in, in their in their thoughts and then and they're just shut down with the media. And I, I've got countless examples of that where guys are just, just refuse to do it. They'll give they'll give one or two word answers. They don't want to say too much because they don't want to sound stupid and and they just don't like dealing with the media. And then you've got other guys that probably overdo it and, and love speaking to the media and do any engagement. They put their hand up for everything. I was kind of in between. I was happy to answer most journalist questions, but like if you if you clickbaited me or took something out of context purposely and maliciously and you were trying to get a rise, whether on, on social media or whether in your article, uh, I'd, I'd either address you when I saw you in the locker room and then I'd really give you nothing after that. I'd give you nothing quotable. I'd, I'd try not to answer questions when you were around. That's how I went about it, um, especially if you did it like on purpose. But for the most part, it's each to their own pro. I don't know what your thoughts are on, on the media and, and the way it all works. Yeah, I, I think that you're absolutely correct. I think players come in, some of them, most of them aren't really that comfortable. I think the younger guys these days now through social media and how, you know, how much they're covered throughout their careers in high school and college, that they're a little bit more comfortable with the media. But I think that, you know, it's inevitable that there's going to be a media person that sets a trap for them. And then, you know, there's only so many times that you're going to go to the well with that with a player before they start shutting off individual, indiv first individual um, reporters. 
media members and then just everybody and they just give the one word answer i think and then there's the people that you know are just politicians that'll just like you know they'll answer the media they'll overdo it they'll leak to the media they'll be the media's best friends because they know that a that they're going to take care of them on the back end with you know with articles and puff pieces to up their value a little bit too so um, I think it's just this depends on the person. I don't think it's just an overall attitude of the NBA. I think it depends on their background, what they're used to, how comfortable they are speaking in public. And I, I do believe you as far as the I've seen that where people in the locker room give them shit about like, you know, how they speak to the media or how they speak in general. And then they're a little bit self-conscious about that. Yeah, no, no, and there's the other flip side of, of players that are have conquered the art of answering a question without answering it. <laughs> you know, um, uh, we, get, we yeah. get told that in media training. It's like if you get asked a question, let's say, let's say you're with Philly right now and they ask one of you about Ben Simmons and they're trying to, trying to really get something that they can clickbait or the, the media training that we got was um, just answer it in a di- different direction or don't even answer their question. Just be like, oh, yeah, Ben's a great player. Like I really enjoy playing with him. <laughs> That's what they kind of encouraged us to do with media training. So... I think you got to have you, – you really have to have your – there's kind of a street smartness um, to dealing with media that you have to have that you, you, you can't be taught in media training. you just got to pick it up over time and you got to make mistakes. I've made plenty of mistakes, said plenty of dumb shit, and, um, but you have to have a street smart about it because you can tell – I can tell now generally – by the first sentence of a journalist question, if I get asked a question of which direction it's going, <laughs> like you can kind of tell, like they're they're trying to box me in, into this, or they're trying to get some dirt on this player, or they're trying to schmooze me up. I can get a feel pretty much within the first sentence, and and that takes time. Um, and when you're a young fellow, you have no idea. You think everyone's genuine. The journalists, you know, a lot of them are very cordial. You, you just got to be careful that they're not they're not necessarily your friends and once you get that comfortability that's where I see a lot of guys get burned because they might tell them something and they might think it's off record or whatever and, and then and then guys get really stooged up so um, it's just one of those things you got to continue to to monitor but the media you know I'm fortunately unfortunately they they pay the bills for the most part I mean it's starting to change a little bit with streaming services and whatnot um, but you still need attention on the game. You need reporting, but I think social media, like Pro said, I think it's starting to change the landscape. Where, you know, look at us—we're doing a podcast. I'm in Australia. Pro's in um, in, in Dallas, and, and we're you know we're doing it basically live right now with all you, you know everyone listening. And so it's changed. You don't need to have a big network behind you to report on sports. So I think that's that's kind of a positive because it it should hopefully it's not yet, but it should hopefully weed out you know the people that are in it for the wrong reasons or a clickbaiting or or a poisonous um rather than just reporting on sport so that's that chris you got another one yeah so um, thanks for that that sort of answers my question quite well um yeah obviously i, I get you know there's always there's good questions and shit questions so it makes makes a lot of sense regarding the probably the next one i've got is just regarding um, the All-Star Weekend, um, and obviously there's no question that the dunk contest was just an absolute shit show in a way. Do you sort of have any ideas in terms of what, I mean, obviously I know you in your podcast and I know you you and Pro don't really, it's not really your thing, but what do you sort of think they can really do to save things like the dunk contest, the skills challenge? Um, you know, just imagine, I mean, just imagine if there was a clause like they had in the um, uh, you know, how they do the AFL International Series where you've got to be an All-Australian to be able to be selected for the team. I mean, imagine if they did something like you had to be an All-Star to participate in those competitions. Um, do you have any feelings about, also any thoughts about how to sort of fix the weekend and get viewers interested in it again? 
Yeah, it's it's a tough one. Um, I, I think it's just it just becomes so much of a you know a cruise fest. Uh, it's it used to be very competitive, um, and I think that's where you know let's, the all star games generally get competitive the last three or four minutes of the whole game. Um, and you know you, you even watch like Steph lit it up. Don't get me wrong, but you watch you know a few of his threes that he's hit. Like every defender's is standing in the paint. You know just stuff like that. So it's it's not. It's not pure, pure basketball. That's why I don't like watching it, and, and I assume pros are the same. But, I mean, what is the fix? Do you, you know, people have floated. Do you put big, bigger prize money to, to guys that are already making 30, 40 million? Like, does does a $1 million bonus in, incentivize them to play? Probably not, right? Like, it's like, it's one of those things that you just got to, it, it's, most people that go to that weekend aren't, basketball purists or fans I think it's a separate weekend for celebrities and it's kind of like the Super Bowl halftime show you know all the performances you know you got people doing backflips and jumping you know on off balance beams whatever whatever sideshow shit they got going on then you got the dunk content but I think it's just we've got it on our run sheet I wanted to talk about just like killing killing good things like the three point contest there was no need to, to, to change that I think that's one of the best events um, in any all star uh any professional sporting all-star weekend is the three-point shooting um, contest just because it's it's been the same since since day dot and they're trying to mess with that now. The dunk contest, I don't know. Someone floated, maybe get maybe get some G League guys involved as well. I think that 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 might bring out some competitiveness. Like, hey, G League versus NBA, who's got the best dunker? Maybe that works. Maybe that might be something that that'll work. But it's not as easy as just bonus money because these guys make so much money anyway. Um, I, I don't really have a fix for it. I, I just wish they'd stop messing with it. I think there's too many events. I think, um, you know, they want it to be a long weekend and be the pinnacle of basketball in the world, but it's just it's just moved away from that, Pro. I, I don't know what your thoughts are, how, how we could change it, what, what we could change, but, you know, it's just I think it's just one of those things we've just got to live with that it's more for the non the casual basketball fan that wants to be seen um, in their nice outfit sitting courtside, Pro. Yeah, I have the best fix for it. Just get fucking rid of it. <laughs> That'll fix it. Just get rid of it. And here's why, folks. Every dunk's been done. Every dunk's been done, right? Like, there's nothing going to be new there. With three-point contests, you're just shooting threes. So it's like, that could be good every year. Like, don't mess with it. That's great. It works. Um, you know, with All-Star Weekend, I do have the idea that Look, it is for the casual fan. It's a marketing event. It's, you know, it's just people spending money and seeing and being entertained. Back in the day, uh, as far as, you know, they got really good players in the, in the All-Star Weekend, in the, in, in the dunk contest. Like there were borderline All-Stars to All-Star type players. Now you don't have that. You just have whoever really wants to go in it. And, you know, not, not to take anything away from them, but like then the antics, someone's going to get hurt. You know, it's just, it's crazy. And as well as the, as far as the all-star game, yeah, we all know it sucks, right? Um, you can give all prize money you want, but that's not going to work either. Like on one end, I really did like it in the 80s and the early 90s, mo- most likely the 80s and even in the 70s. It was a competitive, it was a competitive game. But on the flip side, do you really want your best player to, you know, to blow his ankle out because he's going hard on an All-Star Sunday, you know, you know, in the game? So I do understand somehow that those guys don't go hard. They just want to get through it. You know, they want to get back to all they want to get on a private jet right after and go to some island and, and rest for the three or four days they get. You know, they're not really caring about much of the All-Star game. I get that. I don't think there's really much you can do. 
you know, I, I like the three point contest. The skills competition can be pretty good, but they, you know, they're always trying to mess with it. But I guess they probably just have marketing people that work that that are that are all year round saying, like, what's going to get the best views? What what do people really want? And let's be honest, it's young people. Like, what do they want to keep their them, you know, motivated in their eyes on the on the product? But that product is not good. It's not good. And the only thing I would ever watch would be the three-point contest. And I didn't even watch that this year yet. And I'm not a big fan of the rack full of money balls. I'd rather just like the legit, yeah. the racks. Like the 100%. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the, the, and then you can compare, you know, how do you compare Larry Bird's rack to Steph Curry's now? <laughs> like, there's like, yeah. all the, you know, and then you've got the long shot now and all that kind of stuff. I'd love to know um, – how much money the All-Star game generates, whether it's still profitable, because I know we're going to talk about it, but it was one of the worst rating All-Star weekends in history, right, Pro? Is that correct? Yeah, that's what I saw. I saw that on Out, like OutKick on YouTube or something like that. Somebody had that, that it was one of the worst that, um, that is, that in, in recent memory. Yeah, so um, maybe that's why they're doing it, but but I agree. I think it, it's it's two separate fa- fan bases, I think. I think it's the casual fan that probably watches one or two. They, they watch that maybe one game every couple of weeks that's on ESPN, the feature game or on TNT and they might tune into the All-Star game. Um, the people that are avid basketball fans generally aren't going to sit down and watch a whole All-Star weekend. That's what I feel. I could be wrong, but let me know, uh, people out there, because it is an interesting one and I think it's just overdone. I've, I've been to two of them, uh, part of the rookie sophomore game twice and I, I didn't enjoy it. I'm not going to lie. They had us doing all kinds of shit going here to there to there to here and then on top of that, you got to go out and play a game. So I understand the players kind of coasting through it because you're worn out and then on top of that you want to you know if you're a big most of those guys are big minute players at least on the all-star team and rookie games is you want your um you want your rest you want to you want to get your that's your four or five days off that you get mid-season that can help recharge you especially if you're a playoff team right like so that um yeah that totally makes sense but i don't know i don't know if there's a there's a quick fix but i think i think just i would i would probably make it one day, one event, like just go Saturday, have have your rookie rookie uh, sophomore game or whatever it's called now, the, the international game, Rising Stars Challenge, whatever it's called. Um, maybe go from morning to night on one day, and that's it. I don't, I don't think it needs to go over a whole weekend. So then it gives guys a chance to jet out, play everything on a Saturday, go from like nine a.m. skills challenge, then lead into I don't know, um, maybe your your Rising Star Challenge and a little bit little bit of a break, and then you have your three point shootout to your dunk contest to main event. A weekend over. Like we don't need we don't need all the other stuff. I don't think um, that's what I'd like to see. But we'll see. I, I doubt it's going to change because it must be bringing in bringing in the dollars, and they want they want the NBA to be the feature for the for the world of basketball on that weekend. That wraps up episode fifty five. Thanks for joining us, and we will get onto our podcast now, Pro. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. See you see you in a couple of weeks.